Welcome to Northgate's podcast. We pray you enjoy the teaching of God's Word. May the Holy Spirit encourage, exhort, and comfort you. We invite you to come and see what the Lord is doing at Northgate. Come and grow with us. May you be blessed by the God of hope. Holy Spirit, speak to us this morning. Yesterday is yesterday, it's past, it's time for today. A new morning, a new opportunity. Would you illuminate what we need to hear? Or even as we read the word, maybe not even anything said. Just had a little picture this morning of a sailboat. The mast going up with no sail and someone just trying to paddle, paddle, paddle. It just doesn't work very well. Lord, you have not left us alone. Your Holy Spirit lives within us and empowers us. And the person of the Holy Spirit is what we need to move in our lives, as a congregation, as a community. We desperately need your work. So Lord, may we continually ask and receive and allow you freedom in our hearts to move and to work, to do what your word says. Not to trust what we feel, but to obey what you say. Bless our time this morning. Pray this in your precious name. Amen. Amen. So Ephesians Chapter 3, making our way through beautifully. I'm reading from the New Living Translation this morning. If you missed last week, I encourage you to watch. It says this in chapter 3, verse 1. We'll read through verse 12. When I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus... For the benefit of you Gentiles, assuming by the way that you know God gave me the special responsibility of extending his grace to you Gentiles. As I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. As you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now by his spirit he has revealed it to his holy apostles and prophets. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body. Both enjoy the promise of blessing because they belong to Christ Jesus. By God's grace and mighty power, I've been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secrets from the beginning. 
God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was the eternal plan which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I'm suffering for you, so you should feel honored. We'll stop there. There's plenty. And I'm only probably going to park on a little bit of one verse this morning. But it's interesting as you read, and Paul gives us a few hints in the first verse of where he is. He says, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus. And so that's the indication that we know that Paul is in Rome and in prison. And he's not in what we would say a very comfortable position. When he starts as well in chapter 3, he points back to chapter 2 and says, when I think of all of this, what is he referring to? He's referring to everything he said in chapters 1 and 2. And specifically, as we see in chapter 2, that the household of God has been formed. The church, the middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile, has been conquered by the death and resurrection of Jesus. He goes on to say, like, I'm a prisoner, but thinking about all that, that God revealed this to me, this amazing mystery. And in Greek, mystery isn't like something that's not known. The word is more something that wasn't known, that is known. So it's not like it's not continually not known. It is known. And this would have been radical to who he was writing to for the Gentiles and maybe some Jews who were reading it as well in Ephesus, that they didn't really like each other. This isn't new, this conflict. The Jews didn't want anything to do with Gentiles, didn't touch them, didn't want, no way, right? Think of Jonah's attitude going to Nineveh, right? Like, this is the enemy, right? And Gentiles, obviously, the same way in this middle wall of separation. And I think in the Old Testament, the Jews would have thought from reading there was a Messiah coming to rescue them from political unrest from Rome, but they would have never thought of their spiritual life and they would have never, never have thought, oh, the Messiah is coming so we can be connected in one body with other people. And that's why Paul's saying, this is an incredible, incredible mystery revealed that Christ came to set us free from sin to give us peace and to give us peace with other people. Now, isn't that incredible that Christ for us saves us from sin, and he also, because of his forgiveness, we need to forgive others, brings peace with him, vertical, and bang, horizontal with others. 
And this is the amazing mystery. And Paul is just like, wow, this is crazy. What God has revealed and this new, this, this church and this purpose of the church and, and this togetherness in the church is people. It's not a building. And you know, we're a part of the church with our brothers and sisters all over this town. That, that's the church. It's not singular that people can come together in Christ is such a powerful witness that the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places are like, Ooh, how is that happening? Like, how are the Hatfield and the McCoys getting along? It's only in Christ. It's not in our effort. It's not in our ability. It's only what He has done to set us free personally in His forgiveness and the law. And it's in Christ we are set free. And then together, as we're all set free, we look at Jesus as the common denominator. Amen? And this is incredible. And that's why he says, I think of all of this. And he he almost repeats himself a little bit because he's so excited about it. Because he's already talked about how this has happened. But then he says it again. And what really struck me reading this passage from prison is this verse. And I'm just going to share a little bit on it. He says, because of Christ, seeing all that's happened, the peace he's brought us, peace with people, and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Do you understand that this morning? You might be in a very difficult situation. You might not be in prison, but you might be in an emotional prison. You might be what you think is a life prison. You might see no solution. And that's Paul. But yet Paul in the midst of this prison is saying, because of Christ, even in this awful place I'm in, I can come boldly and confidently, no matter where I am, no matter what's going on, into God's presence. There is nothing, nothing that will compare to this. It's amazing because you have to think back. And if we first think of the Jew who might be reading this and this idea of God's presence, this would have totally blown their mind because God's presence would have been associated way back with the tabernacle or the temple. It would have been. Yeah, God dwells there in the Holy of Holies. Remember, it had the outer gate and then it had the two rooms and where the showbread was and the candles. And then you went and there was this big curtain in the temple. And then you go into the Holy of Holies. And that would have been thought where the Ark of the Covenant was, that God's presence dwelt in it in the Old Testament and, and the cloud 
over that. And that was the center. If you even see how Israel moved in the Old Testament, the 12 tribes, three to the north, three to the south, three to the east, three to the west. And in the center of what they did was the Levites with the tabernacle. And and that was the presence of God. So if you had to deal with something in your life, you brought your sacrifice and you went to the priest and you went through all of these things because that's where God was and that's where you would deal and deal with what you had. And it was such an interesting thing because they knew it. If you entered God's presence, the Holy of Holies, and there was any sin, the priest went in once a year. And if there was any sin, bang, he was done. They say that the bells, he carried bells because if they stopped hearing them, let's pull them out. Because in God's presence, you couldn't enter and there was such power in it. And when he did go in it, it was all connected that he had to go through a whole bunch of sacrifices, right? He had to cleanse himself. Everything was important in what he did. And then he brought the blood for the people because it represented that their sin was atoned for and they would sprinkle it. And in that would be his protection in God's presence. So if you think about this as a Jew reading this, you think of procedure and religion and that you had to be clean and to enter where God was. So if you're reading this and and they know that, and all of a sudden Paul says, because of Christ and your belief in him, you can walk right in there? What is the Jew thinking? What? Don't I have to do this, 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 and this? To get into that place. And I don't even go. The priest goes. Who's the representative of God. Who's done all the sacrifices. And all the work. And only then can he enter into that place. You see being in God's presence in some ways was unattainable for them. A holy God could not dwell with sin. You had to keep the law perfectly. You had to do everything right. Just think if you were a Gentile. You didn't even have the sacrificial system. You didn't even have a law. So what? Go into God's presence? I'm not even Jewish. I don't even do all the things they do to enter into this presence of their holy God. You're double trouble. Now it's even more unattainable. And so what he's thinking, you know, we think of these verses and we're like... Oh yeah, enter God's presence. Let's sing some songs. Dave, come up. Let's gear him up. Let's roll, right? No. They had a totally different picture in understanding this. This would have been crazy. And these thoughts. Why truly Christ came. And Hebrews, which I always say is the link book from old to new really explains this because Christ, the final priest, the final sacrifice, and in his work, once and for all, it is finished. You don't have to go through all of that. A little more. (laughs) You don't have to do all that work to get into God's presence. It specifically says, by faith, you enter his presence. The curtain, the separation of the temple was torn into top to bottom and the earth shook and the rocks split when Jesus died and paid the price. 
that final sacrifice. So no longer do we have to go through a big routine to get into God's presence. You see, Ephesians 2.18 has already told us through, through him, we both, Jew and Gentile, have access by one spirit to the Father. God's character is totally incredible. And because of the cross, the sacrifice of Jesus, Hebrews 4.16 tells us we can come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. This is the new covenant. You say, Pastor Dan, I don't know that. Now you do. But I would think rather the majority of you would say, I do know that. Why are we working so hard and striving to make ourselves worthy to enter into God's presence? It's by faith. It's by faith. I don't know, it kind of looks like this. If I pray a little longer, if I read a little more, if this week I do better at obedience, if I feel like I didn't make that many mistakes today, if I listen to more worship music, coming into God's presence is not about you. It's about Jesus and what he's done for you. The question this morning is, are you truly receiving this truth in your time of need? Your prison cell, your problem, what is your response? Is it to work a little harder, to do a little more, to be more spiritual? Or is it to turn to the one who invites you to come boldly? He knows this throne of grace where you get undeserved favor. Follow this thought. You don't enter into his presence because you deserve it. Do you hear me? And everything that we know in this earth is based on whether we deserve it. Whether we get a promotion, you deserved it. Whether you're a good student, you deserved it. You deserved it. You did enough. No, Christ has done it for you. And you, boldly, not timidly, not am I okay? Is it all right? But I come in, in faith, in trust in Him, saying, God, I need you. I need you, and you've invited me, and I don't have to knock five times. The door is open. Amen. 
Because Jesus has torn the hinges in our thinking off the door, removed the door, the veil, where we can enter into that holy place and be with a God who wants to help us. And the question is, what is your prison cell? What is your difficulty? And Paul says, don't feel bad for me. I'm doing what God's called me to do. And I have access to him 24-7. As we enter God's presence, it's interesting. And we need his help in this time of need. I don't know. You know when people say, when I get to heaven, I'll have all these questions. You know, when I get to see Jesus face to face, I'm going to ask him, why did that happen? No, you're not. Because there's a picture of heaven right now in Revelation and no one's asking him questions. Their face is on the ground. And you know what they're saying? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And the crazy thing is we go into his presence invited boldly for help. We get there and we see the magnificence of his character and his goodness and we simply worship him. And our problems, they drip off us because we see he's great and he can handle them and we see his character, we see his love and everything fades away as we truly see him and worship him and bow down so the bigness of our prison becomes tiny to the magnificence of who he is. But we get stuck in this world and in the problems. we got to clean it up. God says, come to me, into my presence, to my power, to my love, to my goodness. Worship, and I will give you everything you need. There is nothing too big for God. And he wants to help you exactly where you are at. And it doesn't matter if you're a Jew supposedly obeying the law or a Gentile who has no law. It is all about Christ and believing in him. You know, Moses had a little experience of this in Exodus. Because the cloud descended there on the tabernacle and the tent of meeting. And I find it so interesting as you look at Moses and he He talked to God as the Old Testament, only as a friend talks to a friend. And in Moses 33, 12, he's leading these rebellious people in all these problems. And yeah, complainers, right? And people who, golden calves and complainers and going the wrong way. And Moses says, how do I lead these people? And God says to Moses, I know you by name. And you have also found grace in my sight. Think about that. Because I think that's what God says to us. In the midst of all the people around us, all the problems, and Moses saying, I can't do this. God says to him, 
I know you by name. And you found grace in my sight. And Moses' response is this in verse 14. I am not going anywhere if your presence doesn't go with me. It's the only thing that will give us rest. God says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And I find that interesting because in the midst of Moses' problems, he realized God knows him. He realizes the grace of God and he realizes in the presence of God is the only place where he will find rest. You, wherever you are, you have access to God, his grace, but understand that is the only place that you will truly find rest. Not in any victory you think you get. It's not in you being right. It's not in defending yourself. It's not in your victories, whatever they are. It's only in his presence that you find true rest. Body are tired. You don't have true rest. Some of you are going in and out of rest. <laughs> God's promise through Christ is you have access to him to have rest 24-7. And I think we need to commit to ourselves. I ain't going anywhere. <laughs> I ain't doing anything. I'm not handling any problem without going to the throne of grace. And because of Jesus, you have access. You know, sometimes you, well, I've never been, but special events where you have to have a special card, special invitation for the rich and famous. And I just see it on movies. It's not a part of my life. When the Toronto Maple Leafs getting in their dressing room, they have a special code. They put it in. Oh, you're a player, right? You can enter. Hey, you believe in Jesus Christ? You're a player. You can enter. And he has everything that you need. And Paul's like, this is amazing. Want to go on yourself and strive and do it and fight and pry and pull and push? I've been there. It doesn't work. There's no peace. No matter what you're facing, there's no rest. Amen? So thank you, Jesus, for your words. And may we diligently strive to enter into your rest, says in Hebrews. May we make it an effort. Our work is faith. What is the work? Believing in the Lord Jesus Christ.
If you're tired this morning, there's fullness of joy in the presence of God. Psalm 16. By faith, would you see God this morning through Christ? Would you see, man, who he is? His amazing character, his mercy, his abounding love, his perfect righteousness. Would you see that he's in control? Nothing's taking him by surprise. I think I mentioned this before, but I I had this picture this summer just praying. It's on the beach early in the morning. And they come out early and they clean everything up. A big tractor comes and cleans the beach there in New Jersey. Guys with the blowers, the garbage. I just felt the Lord saying, you know, too much of your life is spent trying to clean. Trust me, because I'm the final cleaner. You don't have to make that effort every day. You come into my presence like the ocean, which I was beside, which rolls in. And he said, this is my love. It never stops. It just keeps rolling in. Stop striving. And turn and believe and trust with your mind and your heart in me. Would you do that this morning? Find this place of belief and trust that goes beyond any human understanding. And receive his grace and his mercy. This morning we're celebrating Jesus because he's the one who's provided the way into the presence of God. His death on the cross. He paid the price. His body and his blood ripped the wall separation down. His body and his blood took all the requirements. He paid the price and it's an invitation. Have you received his forgiveness? His love? You know what I find in my life? It's a daily process. I know I'm saved continually, but I need to daily remind myself of the work of Christ and the access I have. And today, that's all we're doing. We're reminding ourselves of what Christ has done and the access he has given us. As we worship and celebrate, it's more than a man who died on a cross. It's a man who died and paid our debt And gives us this ability to have this amazing relationship with God. And that's why we worship. And all the junk of our lives 
We see it as paid for. We're reminded of the work of Christ. Yeah, and we search our hearts to say if there's anything. And then we see that God has forgiven that thing. And you may say, I can't go to God. I'm too evil. I'm too dirty. I'm, I'm too much of a sinner. I've done too much. No, no, that's Jesus died for it all. And he's taken that sin. And then because of that, you enter to the joy of the Father. May this be a blessed time where you realize your forgiveness and the joy of being with God because of Jesus. The elements are in the back quietly, respectfully. You retrieve them, return back. We're going to be worshiping. If you need prayer, there'll be elders in the back. I'd love to pray for you. Let's remember who we are in Christ and the access we have. Thanks for listening. If you want any information about our church, check us out at northgateministry.com. If you'd like to listen to more teachings, you can listen at YouTube at Northgate Ministry.